You are listening to Forward, a podcast of island readers and writers. This is your host, Taylor Mace. I'm here today with Melissa Haas, a library assistant at the Southwest Harbor Public Library and one of our amazing volunteer readers. Twice a year, Island Readers and Writers puts out book lists for kids and grown-ups of all ages. And Melissa has graciously for the past few years been one of our volunteer readers. And we're going to talk to her today about the titles she recommended this summer for Great Reads for Kids. Thank you for joining us, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And now tell me what types of, um, when you're looking for books for kids, do you generally go for? Um, Well, right now, uh, my focus is primarily on my daughter, who is three. And we, um, before she was born, we decided to do a space theme in her room. Um, And so I tend to look for things that are kind of in that vein. Um, We also are very outdoorsy family. So I like books that talk about the earth, our relationship to plants and animals and all the life around us. Um, She really enjoys those books. And then I also just, I really love reading um, young adult novels and middle grade novels. I think they're so much fun and they're so underrated, I think, for adults especially. So sometimes I'll just look at something and it could be as simple as the title kind of grabs me. um, And then I read the synopsis and and I'm hooked. So Well, that would explain your um, picture books that you read. Um, Tell me about uh, the book about Pluto. I love that. Oh, Pluto Gets the Call. I think this one was my favorite. Um, It's the sweet little story, and Pluto is talking to the reader and about to give a tour of the solar system. Um, And in the middle of it saying, oh, I'm in the Kuiper belt, I'm really cold, and he's kind of explaining about himself. His cell phone rings, and he gets a call from scientists on Earth who say, you're no longer a planet. So Pluto kind of has this little crisis of, wait, I'm not a planet anymore, but, but I've always been a planet, I don't <laughs> understand. And so he then says, well, I'm sure you don't really want a you know, not planet to take you on a tour, but I, I promised I would. So he kind of goes through each of the planets and introduces them all and gives you a little bit of some scientific facts about each planet, but each planet has, they each have these ridiculously large personalities, and it's so funny. My favorite, I think, is Jupiter, who just keeps saying, I'm a big ball of gas, and he seems really (laughs) angry all the time, Um, and he finally gets all the way, he kind of passes by Earth, and is like, well, that's where me and scientists live, and finally, Pluto gets to the sun, and the sun says, you know, you were a planet long before humans even knew you were there, so they may not call you a planet, but you're still you, and you're still special because you're Pluto. Um, Pluto kind of goes, oh, yeah, you know, that's right. And then at the very end, there's all these really interesting facts about each of the planets, and they kind of each little chime in, and it's just the illustrations are phenomenal and fun. My daughter loves this book. We lucked into grabbing it from the library right before everything closed down uh, for the virus, and we've read it so many times. (laughs) (laughs) And so obviously it is good for three and up or what age group would you say? You know, I think, I think if it's, if you have a kid that has been interested and kind of understands some of the planets and might like some of them, I think any age really, um, it kind of can be the, the colors are really bright. So even really, really little kids might enjoy looking at it. And then all the way up through the facts that are there, 
I think would even entertain, you know, kids up in elementary school and beyond, really. Maybe some early readers that like to read. Yeah, absolutely. Read about facts. Yeah, well, that, absolutely. That is Pluto Gets the Call by Adam Rex and illustrated by Laurie Keller, and it sounds wonderful. Um, you, you reviewed another picture book. I did. It was called My Friend Earth, and this one, um, I'm, I just love illustrated books that have a lot of detail, and this one, there's so many hidden things in each picture, and each page is either, there's either a cutout that gives you a peek into the next page, or the page itself is shaped um, kind of like it follows the mountains or the waters. And I just, I love any book like that. I find them very interesting. Um, and this one kind of takes the journey of Earth. And Earth is uh, a young girl, basically. She's kind of embodied as a young girl. And it starts with her waking up from a winter nap and follows Earth looking at everything from the really tiny little things like spiders and krill to the big animals in the, on the prairies and under the sea um, and kind of following the cycle of the seasons without being, oh, now it's spring and now it's summer. It's very, it flows and it's very, it's very lyrical in the way it tells the story of basically a year of the earth and, and what happens from the time that earth awakens at the end of winter all the way through when it's time um, for everything to kind of go back to sleep when winter comes again. And it's really, the illustrations are beautiful. And like I said, I love the little, little tiny flaps and, and peeks into the next page and interesting, the colors are beautiful. Um, it's really, it's a really beautiful book. I think um, it's one that, is probably for a little bit older kids, um, but still younger kids. Like I said, my three-year-old enjoys it, but it's not necessarily her favorite right now because I think it's kind of a little bit beyond where she is at the moment. Um, but it's actually one we wound up purchasing, um, and I'm glad to have it in our collection for sure. Well, the illustrations are beautiful, and those are by Francesca Sanna, and the author is Patricia McLaughlin, who I love, I mean, all of her books. She's yeah. maybe best known for Sarah Plain and Tall, but she also has um, many, many books for this younger group. And one of my favorites that I put on the book list maybe two, two years ago is Barkus. And it's her book about a dog named Barkus. And it's really sweet. And um, so, you know, you'll, you know, you're just getting a wonderful book when it comes from her. You also went a little bit older in yes. your book review. Uh, the next one I did was Snapdragon, which is a graphic novel. And um, I didn't really know fully what to expect. I kind of briefly read the synopsis when I selected it. And um, it wasn't till I actually got my hands on it. I wound up having to do this one um, on my Kindle, which is not my favorite way of doing graphic novels. I really like to be able to dig deeper into looking at the the illustrations and, and what's happening in, in all the cells because I find sometimes for me I have to read graphic novels a couple times to pick up on everything. Um, but what I loved about this one is it's really at the heart, it's really a story about finding your place in the world and especially when maybe you don't think that what you feel or who you are matches up to what the expectation might be of you in that world. Um, the young girl who's the main character, um, her name is Snapdragon, she goes by Snap, 
Um, she's kind of an outcast amongst her peers. She doesn't really have a lot of friends, but she's kind of okay with that um, until she meets uh, a, a young person that she becomes friends with. And the two of them kind of realize that it's okay to be themselves. And in the meantime, she also meets this older woman who is rumored to be um, a witch. And uh, turns out that she's not a witch at all. She's um, just uh, an older woman who sells skeletons that she makes out of roadkill. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very odd, but it's a really sweet story. And um, Snap finds out that she and this woman actually have a deeper family connection than she anticipated. Um, but I don't want to give too much away because I think it's really, it's a gem of a graphic novel and I highly, highly recommend it to anybody, um, especially if maybe you know someone in your life who has kind of struggled finding their place. I think there, it's so easy, even if you are someone who's always felt really comfortable in your own skin, it's really easy to identify with each of the characters and kind of what they're going through. And I just think it's, it's kind of one of those stories that I think we all might need right now, where it's, you know, finding yourself in maybe a tough situation and finding out that you have that support to kind of, to go through and to interact with the world and, and find your place in it and finding the things that are important to you. That sounds like it has a wonderful message and definitely interesting. Yeah. And I think that it maybe as a librarian, you can speak to this better than I can, but I it almost seems like lately graphic novels are becoming a genre that is really um, deep in its storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think sometimes graphic novels kind of get a bad rap and people are a little bit like, oh, it's not really reading. Right. Like, no, it really is. And some of the stories, like you said, that are out there right now are really wonderful. And I also think they're a really good resource for kids or adults or anybody who maybe they're not a big reader or maybe they struggle with reading. I know a lot of people who that's kind of helped them bridge that gap of, of kind of finding chapter books or things like that daunting, but really wanting to tap into some rich storytelling. Um, and I think it's just, they're just fun. And I, I wish more people would give them a chance for sure. You can find out more about these titles on our summer reading list, which is available at www.islandreadersandwriters.org. Join me next week with author Maria Padian, who will talk about her latest book for teens, How to Build a Heart. Thank you for listening to Forward, a podcast of Island Readers and Writers. 